Hello, and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other line, giving the bad news to his daughter that she won't be able to uh, appear in his new movie, Beast 2, where he fights a giant polar bear trying to kill his family. It's Daniel Feingold. There's some money in that one. Hello. That actually sounds kind of rad. I'd be down with that. Has anyone has anyone done a killer polar bear movie? Get these hands, polar bear. <laughs> um, welcome, sir. Uh, it's been a long time since we've done an episode, um, due to just some weirdness and scheduling. But we're back. We're kind of doing a bit of a summer wrap up episode. Um, before we begin, though, there's been uh, some tragedies some losses that I feel like we need to we need to mention on on this podcast. Uh Wolfgang Peterson, big blockbuster director of the 80s and 90s, passed away last week. Uh directed movies like Have you ever seen Das Boot? I feel like that's the one that I've not seen. His submarine movie. I love mentioning the name, but no. No. Um but did, you know, In the Line of Fire, Air Force 1, uh, the Never Ending Story, which is a movie that traumatized me as a child. Um, more recently, stuff like Troy, the bad Brad Pitt Trojan War movie. I sent you a, a Never Ending Story gif just the other day. Yes. Yes. It's it's the gift that, that keeps giving. It's the never ending gift. And then we also lost, you know, Anne Heche, uh, which, you know, staple late 90s actress. And Olivia Newton-John from greece um i don't know if you have any like final thoughts on on either of these these kind of major figures who who passed away but um you know we like to shout that kind of thing out on the show so figured it was important to mention because there's been quite a few losses recently greece in particular was a seminal movie and musical in high school as a theater kid I actually rewatched it the other day, and and I think I'd only seen it once as a kid. Pretty good movie, like <laughs> it is catchy, it is. catchy songs. Like I'm, I'm, it. I'm not the biggest John Travolta person in the world, so I think that's why like it never had like that much of an impact on me. Like I, I probably saw some sort of high school production of it, and then it, it just sort of feels like one of those movies that just sort of like lives in the ether, and you're just sort of like. I feel like it's just like constantly with me whether I I liked the movie at all. But I I rewatched it after her passing because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and just it's a it's a boring take. But I was just like catchy songs, good musical, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So now that we've gotten kind of that business out of the way, um, Daniel, we're nearing the end of summer. I figured this was a good time to kind of take stock of what the summer movie season has been. You and I saw what kind of feels like, I know we sort of talked about when we did a bullet train episode, how that felt like the last big blockbuster, but it, it feels like there was a movie after that, that we saw that was, is really kind of like summer blockbuster season is over. Um, and that was beast. This movie that I kind of did a, a bad joke rendition of on the, started the show where Idris Elba plays a a single father who is trying to reconnect with his teenage daughters and takes them to uh South Africa I believe on a safari and the safari goes wrong because they end up coming across a vicious man-eating lion and it basically kind of turns into like a safari version of Cujo um for most of its its running time where they have to Es- escape the the Serengeti. I don't know. Maybe it's not even the Serengeti. That I think that's like in a very specific spot in Africa. But excuse my uh, geography dyslexia. But they basically have to like escape the clutches of this man eating lion. Um, and is kind of like a classic sort of throwback. B pure B movie. I, did, did you have any specific? I, I think you and I kind of walked out of it a bit. Kind of meh. I guess like I I would say a pretty awful script but there's some like 
individual scenes in it that I think are were are kind of like really expertly choreographed and staged. I I kind of humorously texted um some people afterwards like was not expecting Beast to basically be like a series of very elaborate like Alejandro Inuritu style like oneers like you would see in The Revenant or something like that um for what's essentially like a pretty pulpy B movie like monster animal picture um so i i would say in some ways it it surprised me and kind of being like better crafted than i feel like a movie like that needs to be while also like at at the end of the day like there's some pretty like cringy dialogue and kind of like setup for stuff i it, it i guess what i'm saying is like it it fits it both is what you sort of expect it to be of like a late summer kind of like well that's maybe like a c plus picture um you know it's what you expect out of like idris elba tries to save family from man-eating lion while also in moments is a little bit better made i think than what you would imagine that movie being the rotten tomatoes critics consensus which i know people have their feelings about rotten tomatoes whether you whether you like it as a service or not uh for aggregating what movie critics think or fans but I sent you this when it came out, when it when it dropped, when it had enough reviews for them to post this. Um, probably the most accurate critics consensus for any movie ever. <laughs> Want to watch Idris Elba fight a lion? The admirably lean, yet ultimately disposable beast is just the movie you're looking for. No more needs to be said. <laughs> I mean that that like if you if you know what beast is and you see the trailer or you see right. the commercial and you're like, I want to go see that. If you come away disappointed for this movie, man, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what you want. Idris Elba is literally fist fighting a lion. It, what, it does. That's it in does the commercial. Cli- it does climax with Idris Elba has to like drag this lion away from his family and get into like a physical brawl with it, which was. It is literally advertised as <laughs> Idris Elba fist fighting a lion to save his family. It delivers in spades. I, I admire the movie because of how much it just lives up to what it is and yes. delivers on the delivers on the basic concepts that it that it presents itself as and it's the 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 theater that we were watching it with like i think the reactions were exactly as you would you would hope for if you were part of this movie if you made the movie if you marketed the movie it's it's one that like and we were we were in the theater where like the extra audio kind of like it's what they have. Like, oh the yeah, the, the, like RPX, RPX and stuff. Yeah. You know, so, and we were in I think a very susceptible audience. Like you know, the the move the movies produced by Atlanta native Will Packer and his whole family was like sitting in our row, which we didn't realize until like someone who was like emceeing the the screening just sort of like pointed to them and was just like, "Hey, producer Will Packer's family is here." and and it, it it felt like a very welcoming environment True. for a movie like this. Um, but I, I I am kind of with you of just sort of like I I it's hard for me to beat up on it too much because of like it it is it is meant to be a late a late August kind of pulpy monster movie, essentially. Um but and would would just say like, you know, it is it is the the low of that extreme and the sometimes surprising high of that extreme of like I think has moments of like some surprisingly like really good filmmaking while also like kind of this is like a laughably bad movie that you would see on like AMC around Halloween or something just to like fill a 3:30 time slot on the 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 cable programming if that makes sense. Yeah, the the action sequences are superb. Yes. Uh, which <laughs> was is kind of super yeah, like yeah. It was this like Okay, someone's fl- the, the first like really long take, like elaborate sequence they did. I was like, all right, someone's someone's flexing here. Someone's fl-. and then they just did that like five more times in the movie. Yeah, and there there was one scene that I know we were we were split on at the beginning, a more dramatic scene where the the the, the dialogue, the scripting is is pretty poor. But I thought Idris Elba sold it really well. Yes, kind of the the unnecessary kind of family setup drama backstory that they could have just left well enough alone, like given us that at the very beginning and then not kind of continued to 
go back to the well or like mm-hmm. remind us of i guess the stakes that are yeah. involved it's like no we get it you don't have to like directly explicitly remind us of you things. don't you don't need the scene where the what is it the teenage daughter one of the teenage daughters says to him of like hits it pretty on the nose like you don't care about us right yeah there's there's a lot of that there's yeah like don't make promises you can't get that kind of thing that's exactly Um, what it was and it was like i don't know (laughs) you told us you'd save mom right yeah yeah uh that it was just like no we understand the stakes you know like that i don't know if that actually needs if that if that is a line that needs to be said in this movie that we're supposed to think is believable or is supposed to add anything a lion is outside the door of your car we know what's going on here right there's there 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 are enough stakes but yeah like the the action sequences being as good as they are and then you think of like a movie like gray man where it's just like stuff layered on top of stuff on top of stuff and like this is a better movie than gray man like none of it's actually (laughs) rewarding or makes any sense like yeah uh, this this deranged lion trying to attack this family because of poachers and the lion essentially seems to know every like who everyone is and who is who are the poachers, <laughs> but then also who's like kind of just in its territory and kind of pissing it off, pissing there, it off. There's and the I, like, one funny explanation with like all a South African actor Shalto Copley. Am I pronouncing that name correctly? I Shalto. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Apologies if I mispronounced it, but um, who most people probably recognize from like District Nine, um. That's and, still, yeah, that's yeah, so and good. like a couple of those other like Neil Blomkamp movies, but um, plays like a friend of Idris Elba's who works on the he's like a safari guide, and he gives like the explanation of like the lion is getting revenge on mankind because we're we're poaching we're poaching the wildlife we we killed its family with with our greed. Yeah, there's also a couple of times where he's just like, yeah, man, I don't know. This is weird. Lions don't act like this. And it's just basically like trying to tell yeah. the audience, like, it's okay to like not I, I, understand why. I would be why. fine if it just like ran with that of just like, I don't know. This lion, this is just a weird, crazy lion. But I, I, I did have to chuckle a little bit when he's just like, it's getting its revenge. Not not just on us, but all of mankind. It's like, yeah, sure. So let's okay. go with that. Whatever, whatever need be. Yeah, there's getting revenge, then there's, like, just chasing down a specific family throughout right. the course of, like, a day and a half <laughs> and in different locations at a certain point. Um, uh, yeah, enjoyable. Um, I, I think, guess. I think, like, yeah. a movie, like, yeah, I, I still had, like, a good time um, in a movie that's... Do we do we say it was going to be on Peacock? Do you, was this or was probably because it... it's 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 universal. I mean, it did not do that well at the box office this past weekend. It seems like a Dragon Ball Z like animated one weekend own movie kind of outdid it at the box office. So do, does not seem the Idris Elba punches a lion was enough to get people out to the audience. But maybe Idris Elba as a genie who fucks will get people out to the the theaters next weekend for the George Miller movie. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, yeah, I, I was just gonna say I think once it, I think this is a movie that will do well streaming. Like just people see it like oh, you just like maybe not a movie that people want to go out and pay to see, but. I can watch Idris Elba fist fight a lion from my home. Okay. Right. That that three thirty on AMC on like a random Saturday kind of comparison that I gave to of just like, oh, this is on. Yeah, I guess I'll watch this. It 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 fitting in as that kind of programmer, if that makes sense. Yes. And also just to be clear, uh, summer technically ends in late September. And so I think this is just if we want to zoom out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um somewhat of a sad state of affairs or confusing state of affairs for the box office, given that if we're considering like bullet train and beast as like the last kind of summer movies, mm-hmm. which may have been theoretically summer blockbusters, but did not ne- deliver nearly on that scale in terms no. of box office earnings. Um, it is very, it is very weird that there is this, this kind of void at the box office. Um, mm-hmm. And this coming from someone who, a couple months ago was saying like we're doing pretty good like we're doing I, I, pretty well i think that's on part of the studios because of like you know you and i kind of talked when when bullet train came out like there's kind of and that's part of the reason it's been hard to kind of like schedule figure out the show for the last few weeks is just there's kind of nothing coming out this month i mean like my 
I had some family in town this past weekend and they were like curious of like, have you, have you seen anything recently? And I just kind of had to be frank with them of like, nothing's really been coming out in August for the most part. Like it, this, the, the, the prey erasure is just, okay. Dis- okay. Disturbing. That was on Hulu. Should have, <laughs> should have been, should have been the final big blockbuster. I don't think anyone would. Sure. But, it, but yeah, yeah. It, but another, like I, I, that does fit in with like a, feels like an end of summer block but this feels like a very i feel like growing up august was sort of this kind of like august was sort of the dumpuary for summer and then i feel like in more recent years kind of studios wised up and there was usually like at least one like really big event movie that came out in august that kind of owned the this entire month but this feels like a very old school of like i, I don't know did you have that kind of experience growing up in like summer movies season being very important as you're like out of school and just trying to kill time and like your parents drop you off at the movies or you just go to the movies with friends and like august always seemed like the summer movies that the studios were like i guess and just sort of like threw them all into one month i think summer was less important for me than i guess it depends what age we're talking about i i feel like the the kind of Oscar season was always of more interest to me or more important to me. I guess so. Uh, growing up, but a, a, a different, a different vibe. I looked forward to Oscar season, obviously, or, or looked forward to fall as like, well, that's when the important or the quote good movies come out. But it was always exciting to get Just, your, your blockbusters to sort of kill time during hot months. You know, we used to have trusted institutions in this country. <laughs> What, where where have we gone? But no, I still think I still think overall the box office has done better. That said, Regal just or the the parent company of Regal just filed for bankruptcy, which mm-hmm. they also did in 2020 at the height of the pandemic, or you know before we had vaccines, and it was a very uncertain time, certainly for many industries. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hopeful, maybe naively and ignorantly hopeful that. This doesn't mean the end of just Regal cinemas here in America. It's AMC and Regal. Mm -hmm. And to just not have Regal anymore would be really a bummer um, for for many reasons. But yeah, that's that that is certainly not a good sign, Mm -hmm. Um, even though you had certainly big movies this year and more coming out. But one of one of the things here is there is a gap right now. And, Mm -hmm. And there is also. The field is not as crowded, maybe as you would like, and no, we're really we're we're in a holding pattern until you have Black Panther, Black Adam, Amsterdam, maybe to uh, obviously to a lesser degree. There, but there's no real right. big like IP superhero yeah. blockbuster movies. It, at- it 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 feels like this summer we've been getting kind of, and I don't know. I'm I've been struggling whether this is a good or a bad thing. It's maybe because on one hand it's you know less movies people are rushing to the theater to see but the flip side of that is there's always like duds in the summer and maybe this gave summer blockbusters more space to sort of breathe and people to like catch up and go see them but it felt like this summer we were instead of you getting like three big movies each week with and and them kind of like cannibalizing each other we sort of got one big movie every two weeks and that maybe made it feel like a little bit made the kind of programming across the the industry feel a little thin but maybe benefited for people to like you know whether a movie like top gun would have been as big of a phenomenon if there was like three or four big things coming out week after week i don't know but um then looking to the fall kind of like you said we get a lot more of the oscary award season movies starting up in september and then there's kind of only three big franchise blockbusters left in the year in october there's the or i guess there's four so in october there's the the black adam movie i guess you could say there's five if you count in october there's also a halloween movie and those make a lot of money Then in November, there is um, the Black Panther sequel. Then in December, there's the Avatar sequel. And there's a Shazam movie, I think. And that's kind of it. And 
I don't necessarily need 20 more of those movies coming out a year. I maybe like that there'll there'll be a little bit of diversity, but what does that mean for movie theaters on a business standpoint? Um, I'm not really sure. Also, how much does it hurt? Just, I mean, looking just specifically at Disney Plus that you have something like Obi-Wan and, I don't know, we'll throw in She-Hulk as Mm -hmm. two series Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe, I don't know, just five, ten years ago would have been movies. Probably. And, you know, would have had IP around them and... Or take you know whatever 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 Marvel or Star Wars. I actually have series. heard She Hulk is is conceptually maybe their best show in that it actually feels like it should be a show, not a two. Like like That's this fair. is actually I haven't watched like a single frame of She Hulk, but the the one like positive thing I have kind of heard from people who have watched is like, oh, this is finally the one that feels like it should be a TV show, not a movie that's been needlessly stretched out across like eight hours. Well, let's or say, let's like say that. Miss Marvel then. And okay. I don't, yeah, may, yeah. Maybe, maybe that also works. I definitely agree show, with you about the Obi-Wan pre, thing. Yeah. Pre Disney plus existing. Right. How much would theaters have benefited from having web good or bad mm-hmm. from these being released as movies in theaters instead of all these streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the bright side, Movie Pass is coming back, so maybe Regal had to die for Movie Pass to live. We'll not be signing up for Movie Pass again. Um, can't can't trick me again, Movie Pass. Let's let's do some quick like winners and losers of the summer. Who who do you who would you say is like a winner this summer? Who do you think came out? I mean, Tom Cruise. I was about to say like it's kind of a stupid question. Tom Cruise owned the summer. Top Gun, Maverick, now. I think most recently dethroned Avengers Infinity War. Is that the right one? I believe. Yes, not Endgame. Infinity. Yes, yeah, Infinity War is like the I believe sixth highest grossing movie of all time. Kind of insane. That I mean, it feels like that's the movie that just owned the summer, and everyone, every single person I know, like went and saw it, even if they were not a Top Gun fanatic. It feels like that, along with. Everything Everywhere is probably like among the most universal praise for a movie this year. Maybe it'll be an Oscar contender. It'll be fun to like hopefully talk about it more in in the coming months. Um, But yeah, I don't know if you we've talked about Top Gun so many times with so many different people on on the show. But um, I, I don't have anything further to add unless you have anything more to add of like this is the the summer of Tom Cruise basically doing laps in his airplane around everyone. I'm trying to think of other big winners. I I guess Jurassic World. It yeah, did it. that's a it, weird one. It did it? It because it's it's. I so I should say I I saw the other day the the top five highest grossing movies of the year. Number one, Top Gun. Number two, Doctor Strange. We'll put a pin in that. Um, number three, the Jurassic Park movie. Number four, the Batman movie, which came out back in the spring, and number five, the Minions sequel. Um, I would say if we're talking about sheer like money, <laughs> Universal, I guess, did pretty well this summer because the Jurassic Park movie and the Minions movie were huge hits. I kind of still don't know a single person who saw it. the Jurassic Park movie is like weird because it a lot of people saw it and like what's more globally popular than dinosaurs but also most people i know who saw it thought it was like a steaming pile of crap (laughs) so it it feels like this weird like it made a lot of money everyone went and saw it but most people who saw it didn't like it and that includes like not like snobby critic people like i know a lot of like normal audience people who were like yeah i don't know what they were doing with that that was bad I'm I'm glad the minions also won. I mean, the minions never lose, so right. it's kind of another feather in their cap. Um, and I'll throw another winner in there. I I think this was summer, maybe the beginning of summer. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Oh yeah, did pretty good business Here for A twenty four. Yeah, Here King, you dropped your crown. <laughs> Marcel, love the little guy. I know you you were a little bit uh, more lukewarm on the. I mean I, that that. I think is still in my top 10 this year. It's it's my Ted Lasso issue. You know, I just right. don't like overly sweet things. Um, Didn't expect a, a, a one-eyed shell to give me some, some feels and tears, but yeah, here we are. Boz Lerman, a winner? Yeah, uh, Austin Butler, definitely, definitely a winner. I mean, 
that movie's a huge hit. I uh, talked to a coworker the other day who um, really loved it and is like not it's a huge not same yeah not a huge not a huge fan of like musical biopics, but thought it was like really polished and well directed. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's Baz Luhrmann, and he did this and that. Yeah, um, someone I I was talking to that I work with who was admitted to not being an Elvis person, and she said she saw it with like her mother and her husband and like all of them loved it um and i i think you and i were at the beginning of the summer kind of skeptical that that movie was going to like be a hit we were kind of like i don't know this might be like the big that bomb of the summer like boslerman can kind of be a little bit weird and like I don't know do this seems like an expensive movie do people care that much about elvis anymore and no it was like a, a a big hit and austin butler seems to be catapulted into a major star now and most people i feel like seem to like it even i know you and i are we're kind of mixed on it but um yeah, it's fine. it's it's, it's definitely a big hit for warner brothers and seems to be kind of the movie that they are going to be kind of pushing into awards season considering how successful it did i will just rattle off two losers off the top of my head yeah let's do some losers um let's do some r.i.p for these people uh certainly not r.i.p for the for, for this person but just um tom hanks doing accents just in general oh. um obviously referring specifically most recently to his role in elvis and um I would say non-IP or non-prominently known IP action movies. Yeah, I think that's a good one because, like, Bullet Train, obviously not doing well. Based on a book or short story, though, that yeah. apparently is was going to initially be made more serious, and then they turned it into this action comedy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I think we should count this as like if it's not based off of like a previous movie right. or tv show thing so like or comic book right superhero. right so like bullet train underperformed loved it still loved it but just saying a little bit more mixed on it by the day but um <laughs> I'm, I'm glad i'm glad it was there for you um you know we could even extend a little further i mean beast i feel like kind of falls into this category i feel like we can extend a little further into like the big bomb that was ambulance yes. earlier in the spring Sad. like another like that that's a remake but of a movie from i forget what country it's from but um you know falls into this category of like non-ip action movies and maybe the most talked about non-ip action movie just like went straight to netflix which was the gray man so it it, it seems like that is a new category of movie that like audiences for whatever reason are not eager to go to the movies to see yeah it's kind of sad yeah i mean i mean granted i i didn't like ambulance like that it, we are the opposite Am ambulance is one. to me what uh bullet train is for you yeah uh another winner because he's always a winner ryan reynolds he didn't have any bombs this year he just keeps winning movies because he just keeps winning. Free guy last year, won big time. I don't, I don't know if you heard. Joe Joe Biden told the the Library of Congress to get rid of free guy, so Same. we can we can we can forget talking we're, about that retire, forever. Retire that. Yeah, bit. we can retire that bit. Thanks, Joe. Um, I think another weird kind of loser, which I was not expecting, is Disney. Now, maybe the the folks at Disney are will be laughing at me for saying this. I, you know, it seems like if Elvis was kind of the movie at the beginning of the summer that we were like, I, I think that's going to be the, the one that's going to swing and miss was not expecting at the end of the summer, that movie to actually have been the Buzz Lightyear movie, mm. which did not do well, was not very well received. Um, and I think it's now on Disney Plus, but I did watch it on Disney Plus, and by watch I quote that because I fully was not engaged. Yeah, which is my own fault, but it just. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't feel the need to defend it. I, I was kind of shocked that the the reaction to it was as bad as it was, but I, I, I don't like it enough to. I, w I would say I probably feel the same thing about it as like 
my bullet train thoughts, which is, well, that was just kind of okay. Um, it was it, it's beautiful to look at, but right, I, I've I kind of considered years ago that like a lot of animated movies are very beautiful and mm-hmm. just like just visually stunning, and mm-hmm. at a certain point, like, do you, how much credit do you give when? I don't know, 90% of animated movies have a, a, great, great a gorgeously graphics. looking animated movie that kind of just feels like a piece of, of product. And, and even we could loop in with the Disney stuff like, you know, the Marvel movies made money this year. Like, Doctor Strange is like the second highest grossing movie of the year thus far. The Thor movie made money. But it feels like, even though I think you and I kind of liked at least the second half of the Doctor Strange movie when it becomes much more of like a Sam Raimi vehicle. Um, it We've talked about so many times on the show in the last couple months about it. It feels like the the cultural attitude towards the, the MCU is beginning to shift a little bit and and feeling a little bit... People feeling a little bit exhausted or a little bit, um, I think, bewildered by what the what the trajectory of these movies are counterpoint okay go is that a widespread thought or among the people that we talk to or listen to and i I will use the anecdotal of like there were clearly a lot of like marvel i i know i've heard from plenty of of marvel um like people who normally love every single mcu movie that have been like I did not really like the Doctor Strange movie and were kind of disappointed by the Thor movie. So I, I've I've heard and even like I think you remember when we left the screen or no, did you go see Thor with me? Yes. It was Doctor Strange I didn't see with you. Thor okay. I did. Okay. Thor I did. So yes. do you remember like when we left the press screening for Thor, like there was even a a, a huddle of people who were in there that you know, they were decked out in their Marvel gear who were a bit like, that was okay. Yeah. We're a bit like, I, that, that was kind of disappointing. Right. And, and that kind of being a hint to us of like, Oh, maybe, maybe people aren't going to like really like this one. And it, it seems like the general consensus, even among like some diehard Marvel fans that I've talked to is like these most recent round of movies, are just kind of meh and so disney kind of phase has been yeah kind of just there and not like i I like the kevin feige presentation of like the next phase is also just going to be what you just sat through and then we'll get to like right which is fine and yeah it's going to make but like even i don't know when 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 iron man first hit it felt like they're they were going in a certain direction or they Mm -hmm. knew they knew no pun intended what the end game was or at least had us had a vision for kind of where they wanted to have things culminate mm-hmm. this feels like we're just going to continue putting out content until right. we kind of get to a point when we decide we know how we want to culminate mm-hmm. or when we get all of the ip back in the marvel house and then can move forward with fantastic four and whenever they want to end up doing um a uh, an x-men movie yeah other counterpoint though disney now has more combined uh subscribers for its streaming services espn plus disney plus hulu than netflix so it is the dominant now streaming sure company mm-hmm. if not a specific service um and other counterpoint it's disney they're still making money other right. counterpoint, maybe the streamer that is more of the or the company that is more of the, the loser streaming wise is this HBO merger and the bad press that's more I mean, that's kind of that has kind of sucked up all of the air in the entertainment industry in terms of kind of losing some goodwill. Yes. I think it kind of depends on 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 what our sort of vague parameters are for like winning and losing. I mean, of like losing like disney's doing fine it's just sort of like in terms of what the conversation was around like you know it seems like every summer for the last like decade plus disney and by extension marvel have kind of like owned the summer and this was kind of like the first one in a while where 
the reaction was sort of like, eh, Disney kind of had one of the big bombs of the summer in, in Lightyear, and the Marvel movies, even by fan standards, are kind of subpar. But point, think- point taken of like, they've they've clearly emerged as like the they have the championship belt in the streaming wars at the moment where like HBO Max seems to be in constant <laughs> whatever's going on there it seems to be kind of like falling apart at the seams and Netflix it maybe seems is like going to be pulling back a little bit and and has also been in a bit of a tailspin this year so I guess I'm I'm kind of I feel like it's maybe a holding pattern for Disney or like a wait and see approach with with Disney to see like okay can can the quality of the movies that they're putting out if if still directionless maybe or not leading to something more can they the quality at least be a little better I think Black Panther will right. be the they, next immediate sign it looks amazing they, they have Ryan two of the biggest like block buster cards still in their pocket for the year would in the like the black panther and the avatar sequels essentially yeah. and then in terms of the shows on disney plus those mm-hmm. kind of are what they are i have less faith in like them right in the ship because the 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 quality of the shows the precedent is what it is like mm-hmm. there is no kind of like oh well they've they they used to do it this way mm-hmm. it's like there's a couple like Loki, the first I, few episodes of WandaVision, but besides that, yeah. like the shows are kind of just they they have been kind of this the 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 low bar of level of competence that you would expect of Marvel, where mm-hmm. it's like nothing's outright bad. Yeah. Everything's like fine, but there's nothing in particular that you're like excited about. Yeah. I don't know. I know a lot of people maybe People felt either very strongly uh, one way or the other for um, Moon Knight. I don't Less care. Less said the better. Yeah. I mean, so maybe I don't know if She-Hulk will end up ultimately getting that kind of reaction. It seems like most people kind of felt pretty crappy about Obi-Wan or just like, yeah. well, like this could have just been a movie. Right. Um. So, yeah, I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is I feel more confident in them. Again, even if we have to wait two or three years to get to where we're going with the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. that at least the quality Black Panther is going to be good. Shazam, the first one, I think, surprised a lot of people with how fun it was. And well, that's like how DC, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shazam and Black Adam. I'm hopeful for DC a little bit more, maybe, actually. Um, but with Marvel kind of getting a better quality of movie out there at least again mm-hmm. even if the direction is still kind of rudderless until we get to the next phase not not even this next phase the next the, what phase six sure. whatever it is whatever yeah. it is after that once we again kind of get into avengers level type movies so a hot take i wanted to to un unpack with you on on this podcast I think I think this has actually been a better summer for TV than it has for movies. And in thinking back on like the movies that came out this summer, you know, I loved the Top Gun movie. Uh I loved Nope. I know you don't necessarily feel the same way. Also a a universal movie, so so good on them. Um but then thinking back, but but there wasn't a whole lot that I felt kind of excited for even even when we get down to some of the like alternative programming like you and i quite dug the david cronenberg movie um but even in the kind of like indie circuits it didn't it didn't really I, I don't know i still felt kind of lacking this year from even some of the counter programming and on the counterpoint i feel like it's been a great summer for tv i think i've seen so many of my favorite shows of the year through the summer we just finished the series finale of Better Call Saul last week, um, which I I I I think I just a show that who's I don't know is is it still underrated? I mean, underrated in in I just feel like for so many years we just took its greatness for granted. You know, this Nathan Fielder show that wrapped up the rehearsal, which I, I think went in so many 
surprising and hilarious and surreal and in some cases kind of disturbing directions that like I was excited to watch week after week not knowing where it was going to go um you know Olivia Asayas doing a, a mini series version of Irma Vep that is I I think to a lot of diehard cinephiles is maybe like the most in- incredible sort of like expression of w- whatever we consider quote-unquote cinema this year like a movie that is or a, not a movie a, a series that is both kind of like this thoughtful uh meditative look at like what is cinema and what do, what does it mean in our current culture while also is like this hilarious show about silly french people making a miniseries um and something like the bear the show that like came out of nowhere and kind of became this sensation for a few weeks and seems like the surprise new show of the year um so i don't i don't know it's it just i enjoyed more of my tv watching this summer i guess than my my movie watching if that makes any sense yeah i i joked that i was going to pour cold water on your hot take just because i the old my 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 quibble with it is that mm. i don't think it's a hot take i think that's that that may just be i think it's a reality i think it and i don't think or, you're alone I, in feeling I, that I, way not not to interrupt you i just cannot believe i i, I think it's just because you and i were not as as wild about this season but like was other than Top Gun, was there anything bigger this summer than Stranger Things? I mean, that that just occurred to me of right. like, yeah. that, you know, that was this summer as well. It, it just felt like, yeah, I'll I'll let you continue, but I I had to throw out that one as well. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was I was gonna mention, yeah, like the fact that you didn't even mention Stranger Things, right? And it's like th- there there's so much so much content. I am asking you all, please <laughs> stop with the content. No, it's it's great. Love to see it. But at a certain point, it does get to like the joke where it's like you you can't even keep up with the streaming services, let alone oh, yeah. what what the show like what the shows are like. So yeah, I I I, I wonder if how how many years going back now could we feasibly say it's been a better summer TV season mm. than movie season. I think that may be more of like a hot take to right. think of like, has that How been long the trend for five years true? now? Like yeah. three years longer? Like, cause, cause traditionally like, you know, in the traditional TV model, like summer is kind of the like weird in between period where it's like, I don't know, I guess we'll, test out a new show and see how this one does yeah, or most everything's like, on break yeah every, most things are on break and but you know now that's not necessarily true and stuff is as you said pumping out all the time i literally i like i it is literally frustrating to me how little i can keep up with the amazing amount of and these are just mm-hmm. these are just shows that like i want to watch or i've been suggested like these are not even this is not even accounting for the shows that I am unaware of or mm-hmm. that people that I, that I may be aware of and that people haven't necessarily recommended, but like they're right. kind of on, you know, on my radar, but not on the top 10 of things that I want to watch. And it's like, I stop making all of the shows. <laughs> There's so <laughs> many shows. No, it's, it's yeah. It's because of how TV has gone now we just we constantly there's something there's always something to watch or if it is not current there's always something to catch up on from the fall from the spring from three seasons ago that you have been told to watch this entire time and maybe the the maybe you didn't watch stranger things and someone told you to finally catch up on it and now now you're caught up or hey better call Saul you like breaking bad you should better call Saul's wrapping up time to binge it and you finally get around to watching it there's so much of that available along with stuff that's coming out currently so yeah but to answer your question about better call saul yeah i think it's i don't know if it's underrated i think taking it for granted is certainly yes. more like an accurate because i think the argument or people talking about like people liking it more than breaking bad mm-hmm. um i think that is a legitimate talking point i i think it's I, fair i personally would still 
say Breaking Bad, and I, I think you don't have Better Call Saul without Breaking Bad. That's right. It. That's, Better Call that's Saul. That's why I've always sort of opted out of that. Of like, it's it's kind of hard to tell because so much of what makes Better Call Saul great is sort of like building off of the history of this other show, but doing it in this like very interesting way and sort of like finding a way to extend and and push the style of this other show to even greater heights um of of what is is possible in like a television medium yeah and credit to uh, peter gould and vince gilligan for making it its own thing and not just relying on the success of breaking bad and just kind of like resting on their laurels and giving us breaking bad again Mm -hmm. um but that said it still comes after breaking bad right and so again yeah i guess like opting out of that discussion i don't i don't i don't have a problem if someone says better call Saul is better than no. breaking bad but uh it just that's just a it feels like an impossible kind of debate to try to settle on yeah uh that said fantastic um i was not as you know as high on the finale as mm-hmm. you are but like who am i to poo poo anything literally anything um that writing team does um and those actors those performers uh i felt i guess more satisfied with the end of breaking bad than i did with better call saul but i may have liked the final season of better call saul Mm. more than the final season of breaking bad it is very tough yeah they're both just masterpieces um yeah so any like any kind of complaint or slight that I make, I don't want to come across as like I'm right. unhappy with the show in any way. Yeah, it's like these are these are very high level discussions I, of like I think just watching that show week to week, watching Irma Vep week to week, watching the rehearsal, which I <laughs> is is just should we, should we should we dig into that? Do you do you want? I mean, I mean, and the other one being like the the bear even though that was something i kind of like consumed over an entire week um as i was sick with covid but uh, certainly those other three shows just the the feeling of excitement each week and like oh there's a new episode of this and i have no idea what crazy direction it's going to go in this week um i mean what what were your kind of i i feel like this nathan fielder show has been such a a subject of kind of hot takery in the last couple of weeks and, and so many people, I think I, I've been hesitant to talk about it. I think just because until the whole thing was done, just because of this feeling of like, we're not going to know the show is redefining. I think what it is week after week. And I feel like until we get the, the grand season long arc of what it is he's doing, I don't know. I, ju- I just did not want to engage in the kind of like week to week hot takery about people trying to, I guess, put their thumb on what what the what it is they thought he was doing on this show. How much of it was real versus fiction? Whether or not is Nathan Fielder problematic? Is Nathan Fielder onto something about the human experience? All all of that stuff. But but now that we are kind of at the end of it, you know what what were your thoughts on it? I'll, I'll just quickly mention that the shows that you have mentioned, save for uh, Stranger Things, which you kind of included at the end, but mm-hmm. all all the original shows that you mentioned are weekly releases. I don't know if that the, the excitement around except except the Bear. I think the Bear they drop Hulu Hulu and FX drop that like all at once oh, to sad. kind of never mind build. Uh, it ended up I think being beneficial to that show of because it is this sort of like because it is the, the sort of 30 minute dramedy um and the there there is a sort of snackable intensity about that that show where you kind of can't watch like I don't I don't know I I'm with you I normally like the week to week model but ended up kind of thinking that in order to kind of like build buzz about that show very very quickly it kind of worked out having this show that was almost like cracked like you could not put it down <laughs> Yes, chef. Yeah. Um, but the rehearsal, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it is literally unlike anything that's ever been on TV before. Mm-hmm. I think I'm safe saying that. I think that's pretty safe. 
it is it is wild uh and we we did this kind of thought experiment a few weeks ago where it was like can we explain this to a friend who hasn't <laughs> seen nathan for you and yeah. certainly hasn't who seen has no her. context for nathan fielder as a a comedic figure in the world. right like i'm not sure like do, do you recommend this to a person who hasn't seen who hasn't first seen nathan for you and like can gauge whether they sure. like his okay sure um it is so it it almost almost like a a spinoff it is building off of kind of his unique personality and mm. sense of humor and uncomfortable sense of humor yeah if, if and no taking it into a completely different direction yeah if anyone's unfamiliar with with nathan fielder or nathan for you this comedy central show he had for like four or five years i believe um you know it his comedy is this sort of like doc mockumentary style that, that's i i guess a cousin to some of the stuff of like what sasha Baron someone like a sasha Baron cohen does um of it this mix of him of like playing a kind of fictional version of himself and going out into the world and interacting with real people in sort of absurd scenarios and there's always this blur between like what is fictional versus what is like actual reality um, that to me is always the least interesting aspect of of the show. I mean, he, this Comedy Central show he had was kind of a parody of those like um, one person goes into a failing business and like comes up with an idea to like help them bar succeed. Rescue-esque. Right. Bar rescue. Uh, what's the Gordon Ramsay one like Kitchen Nightmares or something like that. And Fielder, you know, who has this very kind of detached socially awkward persona about him at least in the in the these sort of fictional versions of him that he's putting um out in these shows and going into these businesses and you know like the i think the first episode is like a failing frozen yogurt business and he's like well you should have a poop flavored yogurt no one's ever gonna buy it but people will come from miles around in order to to at least taste it it's stuff also like, the man behind dumb starbucks right 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 or the dumb starbucks thing that went real viral but th- this new show of his kind of begins as as seemingly a cousin like that where he will sort of each week pick out a real person and have them help them rehearse through something in their life that they feel is going to be really hard, whether it's sort of like unloading a, a secret to a friend or um, what it would be like to, to raise a family. And as the, and he will sort of create this sort of like diorama down to like the, the tiniest details, accurate representation of like what it would be like to, go through that moment so you can basically rehearse it over and over and over again until you get it completely right and as the show goes on it kind of balloons out and becomes a little bit more twisted and much more about him and his this this as i said kind of fictional version of him inability to kind of connect with other people and using the idea of like i need to rehearse every single social interaction and take it to the most like over the top absurd uh level possible in order to just have the most kind of like face-to-face mundane of interactions with people and always being so i mean you and i are both kind of like nervously anxious people that the the show sort of like uh satirizing someone with the mindset of like, well, what if I did this in this situation or that? And, and, but, and that is the purpose of their show, but they ultimately become a victim to that kind of mentality and cannot stop ballooning it out for every single little thing that they're interested in. Um, I, I don't know. Do you have kind of anything? I, I think it then gets to a point of like, without to spoil too much of the finale, like it goes to this sort of twisted space of like, this almost like weird Truman if the Truman show if Truman was sort of like 
orchestrating everything just because he wanted to have like total complete control into like creating the perfect environment for him where like he can't ever do anything wrong um that that would be kind of like the best analogy i would use for uh for where this show i feel like sort of pushes itself eventually towards the end there's there's always there's always another layer there's always another (laughs) level exactly and i guess in kind of what you were saying i now because it's been renewed for a season two right um I almost feel like I can't or shouldn't provide like any takes on the season. Cause it's like, I, now I, w- I want to see if the second season just kind of restarts uh-huh. or if he continues on this path of derangement that he was going <laughs> down. Um, like I am fascinated kind of, kind of the same way that you were talking about, like withholding kind of the, the, the hot takes of mm. each episode to wait until the season was done. It's like, do we wait now until he's complete <laughs> with whatever it is he, he's doing here? Like, right. I'm, I'm very curious to see if he kind of goes back to what we thought the show may have been in just the first episode. Right. And, and it starts, balloons out to this, right. to another aspect of him having to like create this fantasy, you know, artificial world that's supposed to be for someone else, but actually just ends up being about him creating his own artificial world to sort of like insulate himself and where he can do no wrong. Right, and I like, I I I still so, I watched it Saturday night, and I we're we're recording this on Monday afternoon, and I still feel like I haven't it hasn't sit, sat with me long mm. enough. Like it's still, <laughs> th- there are so many think pieces that I want to read about this, and it's just so much that I want to sit with on my own. Uh huh. And but it's also just like the dumbest show ever. <laughs> But also really smart, I think, or like, or just seemingly smart. And he has a lot to say, but there's also a lot that you can take away from it yourself. And there may not be any correct or incorrect takeaways. Mm-hmm. It's just, again, it's like, it is certainly not like anything I have ever seen mm-hmm. on TV, on film. I mean, Truman Show, yeah. that, that is, that is a good, kind of a good guide right point it's, it's like to an it. inverse truman right. show in a weird way but it's like i i i don't know if i'll feel ready to like kind of dissect my thoughts about this in a week from now like i just it's yeah. so and and like what however i feel now or however i feel in a month could completely be different after the first episode of season two drops whenever that may be yeah i don't know like what i guess do you now have kind of more solidified thoughts on it than I, you did maybe you know two weeks ago yeah I, I i think it just kind of being um i think it sort of solidified to me that like it's it both being kind of a meta commentary on him in a way and his comedic persona but i i i, I think i think it sort of is a show that is ultimately mostly fictional but sort of lures you in with like all right this is going to be this kind of like it's going to be like nathan for you and like i said kind of blossoms into being about someone who is so nervous about every single and anxious about every single social interaction and what happens when you give that person like complete and total control and like endless hbo money to like okay how can you the fear of like what if you could um do something over again in order to perfect and make sure you get like the right interaction possible and do something whether it's like admitting to someone that you have feelings for them or raising a child or um firing someone without them uh getting offended i'm just like coming up with examples off the top of my head but like doing that without and making sure you don't make any of the mistakes and you can't really do that in life and you have to learn from mistakes and learn from things kind of backfiring on you at times and but what happens when someone's like i i cannot commit to that and gets into this almost like crazy person delusional uh, (laughs) space that you know i would not say is too far off from jimmy stewart and vertigo um that was a pretty funny comparison to see some like 
side-by-side photos of Nathan in the show and uh, Jimmy Stewart in that movie. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was just sort of, I think to me, the, the grand overarching idea of what he was trying to do here. The, uh, obviously she's gotten a lot of props on kind of pop culture, Twitter, mm-hmm. um, the, the actress who portrays Angela. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I also think the guy who portrays Nathan is really good. Yes. Um, and some of the, some of the, like the, the child actors, the, the, the one, like the teen child actor who has to go through the bit of like pretending like his dad wasn't around for like, and then just right. came back. Like, cause Nathan goes away, uh-huh. he comes back and like the, the child is, basically they they're trying the the one of the beginning conceits of the of the show is that he and this other this this woman angela are going to simulate raising a child together mm-hmm. but to speed the process along they're going to have different age actors right every few days so nathan could leave for a couple days to do another bit that is ridiculous mm-hmm. and he comes back and instead of the fake son being six he's now like 14 or whatever yeah um i thought the kid who had to like pretend actually like those two days were <laughs> 10 years or whatever like the, the camera just lingers lingers on him at the end yeah. and he's like is that it are we good then, like, yeah the, show, the episode just ends um it, it's it's just, it's it's so fascinating and i also think it's fascinating like how he so he is going through all these different rehearsals and possibilities of outcomes but he is also partially at least at least partially controlling right. how these rehearsals go right so it's like as much as you rehearse stuff you you can never know what right. the actual real human person right that's not acting is going to feel or going to respond going to react going to uh externalize their, yeah. their internal feelings um it's i think the show is so many things and not you know not just one thing i think that's one of the one of the great aspects about the show um and that there are a lot of ideas and concepts and kind of things to chew on that you can take away from it and just with all i know it's i i don't is it an HBO Max show or an HBO show? Either Who way, knows anymore? either way, it is wild <laughs> that anyone greenlit this. I'm uh-huh. glad they did. They should, but like, I can't even imagine what that pitch was like, uh-huh. and the fact that it then gets renewed. Which again, great. Like, I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just wild, just yeah. amazing. Well, I think we've kind of exhausted our time this week, um, Daniel. I guess before we go, as we wave goodbye to the summer and wave hello to the fall what's what's the thing you're most looking forward to this fall other than cooler weather because it's kind of like miserable mugginess in atlanta right now i mean tiff obviously uh yeah we'll we'll be going to toronto what's 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 a movie you're looking forward to this year um but yeah stay tuned to tiff coverage coming up from across film inquiry uh, you're gonna hate this, but I'm gonna say Black Adam, and to quote uh, a, a YouTube comment on another of The Rock's movies for a trailer of his movies, I'm a simple man. I see The Rock, I buy a ticket. That's all you need to know about me. Okay, well maybe I can bring you back when that movie comes out, and you can um, attempt to explain Black Adam to me, a superhero I have uh, zero relationship with. They needed a superhero. They got Black Adam. He's not a superhero, okay? He's an anti-hero. He's an Adam that's black. <laughs> um, stay- it's The Rock is a superhero, <laughs> damn it. What more do you need? I know I don't need anything more in my life. What about you? Sorry. What, what Me? Is your- I don't know. I'm probably most excited for this. Ed, the, the more inside buzz news I hear about this Damien Chazelle movie, the more excited I am for it. Um, I'm just going to put that there. So I also I, I want to learn the way of water. I'm excited to talk about James Cameron on this episode. You have no idea. I can't wait to like annoy everyone in my life by just sort of like teach make... me the way of water. Yeah, just by like making James Cameron jokes. Someone who I have a lot of time for but also think is like a funny human being. <laughs> just just as a person who exists in the world. All right. Stay tuned next week. Uh I believe we're going to talk about the George Miller movie which also stars Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton 3000 Years of Longing. 
uh, I'm sure we will balloon it out into a larger conversation about the wild, crazy filmography of this Australian auteur. Um, and then stay tuned for September as the fall movie season kicks off and stay tuned to not just the tip coverage on this podcast, but across the film inquiry network, uh, we'll be running reviews and all just sorts of great content. So keep an eye out for that as the, as, as Oscar season rolls out. <laughs>